Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. What country song can we put to this weekend? Oh, uh, anything about heartbreak mixed with something about a truck? I don't That's know why. Bad. I just assume it's going to include a truck. We got hit. We got hit by a truck. That's how I feel. Got hit by a goaltender that decided to play absolutely out of his freaking mind. Oh, he, my God. And he hasn't been great for the season, Bob said. No, he just, hasn't. That's the thing. It's just the continued bad luck for this Griffins team. My God. I mean, the good news is we're getting better. <laughs> we are getting better this until game? the last half of this game tonight. But we'll obviously yeah. talk about that. Can we not? Unfortunately, we have to because we're the Hockey Town West podcast and we talk about Griffin's hockey. And I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. Nick looks as depressed as I feel. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Can we just get to Christmas break? That's all I care about. This is Christmas. Like, it's officially here now. Oh my God. These two games, I didn't get to watch last night because I was at the work Christmas party. So, but I saw we were close. And yeah. this one I was able to watch. And uh yeah. You went to a work Christmas party? Yeah, we went to Sanchez downtown. Oh, how was that? It was delicious. Oh yeah. Never been we, there. We I haven't either, but we sat in the most awkward spot next <laughs> to the general manager and then next to the HR ladies. Like not the best place to sit. I was like, so, I'm immediately uncomfortable. No good jokes at that end of the table. No, and like across from me was uh, an employee that is very inappropriate and very uh, likes to cross the line a lot. So it was just like the worst. And Maria was there too. So she, she was just like, oh, this is super awkward for her. Super awkward for me. Yeah, it was it was bad. Well, that sucks. But at the same time, you went to work today and HR didn't think your jokes were funny enough to come talk to them today. So that's good. Yeah, I tried not to talk to them at all at the dinner, so <laughs> made it worse. That probably has made it more awkward. Yeah. Well, I'm... yeah, you didn't get to watch last night's game, but you missed a uh, you missed a close one. You missed a real close one. So the Griffins, after playing Texas at home last weekend or last week, Wednesday and Friday, they traveled down to Austin to play the Stars again for two games back to back Tuesday and Wednesday today, the day we were recording, and. Uh, First game on Tuesday was something. Um, Griffins came out in this one and played extremely well. Yeah, I see. Ten shots to four. So they just poured it right on them. Yeah, right in the first period. They came out the gates hot. And, I mean, a minute six into the game, Bergen gets his seventh of the season with Hiroshi and Gettinger assists on that. It was a beautiful snipe by Bergie there. And it started the trend of what's happened a couple times for the Griffins this year. And once against this team where it became back and forth pretty quick there after the first, you know, like you said, the Griffins outshot him 10 to four in that one. And then the second Texas outshoots Grand Rapids 16 to five and scores twice. But the Griffins also scored twice in that period. Tim Gettinger gets one and uh, William Volinder gets his second of the season as well. That was a pretty shot. Enjoyed that goal. And, you know, third period comes around. Griffins pick it back up and shift their momentum back their way. This was the most frustrating period of hockey I think I could have watched for the boys. They played really? you, out of you, it. Do you remember last season? 
Yeah, I do. And you think this, this was, is the most frustrating? This was a game. There's been multiple games this year. We sound like a broken record at this point where, man, the Griffins deserve to win that game. And through this whole period, the Griffins outplayed the Stars up and down the ice and, you know, out shooting them 14 to 9 in the period. Griffins don't score anymore in this period, but with eight at the 18 minute, 23 second mark of the third, the Stars tie the game up and send it to overtime. And then 39 seconds into overtime on, unfortunately, Kosa sprung a leak after playing a really solid game and Stars win this game. It's so unfortunate. I mean, I was going to turn, I got home early enough to turn the game on and you told me not to because I told you if they lost, I would blame you. I didn't tell you not to. And they lost. So you didn't turn it on. So I could still blame you. You could only blame (laughs) yourself. So I, yeah, I, a little stitious, you would say, you know, so I didn't turn it on. I just lived through Twitter to watch the highlights. Sorry. So, (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's a whole other. That's a that's a whole Patreon episode there, but uh, it is. Well, yeah, let me dive into this one a little deeper here for you because obviously you didn't get to watch this. So I said Kosa sprung a leak there in overtime. That goal was one he's going to want back every other day. He gets a piece of it and it just trickles past him still. But through the remaining part of the game, the three goals that led to that, not a single one. I'm blaming on Kosa, as again I sound like a broken record this season. None of those goals were his fault. Um, we had to deal with freaking Maverick Bork on the Texas Stars, scoring all four Texas Stars goals in this game, two of them on the power play, and they were identical plays. I mean, you look at the score sheet, Maverick Bork from Stankoven and Pouliot, and then the yeah, next goal, Maverick Bork from Stankoven and Pouliot on the power play. It was bang, bang, same exact play, same exact shot, both really super fast cross-crease passes from the middle of their zone. And they just beat Kosa each time. I'm not going to fault him on those. He had no chance of getting those. It was terrible defensive play on the on the penalty kill, which is not something we've said much this season. But the Griffins' PK struggled on this road trip, just as the power play did. Griffins went 0 for 2 on the power play in this one. Texas went 2 for 4. And, you know, almost the exact same stat line tonight, too. So... I'm not blaming Kosa on these. I know the internet wants to just jump on this kid because, you know, he's 21 years old. He doesn't have, you know, a 1.23 goals against average, as one of our friends had said. So, <laughs> like, I'm not blaming him. This is, uh, this is not, this game was not his fault. The overtime goal sucks for him. But at the same time, it was, you know, the Griffins, or the Stars broke into the zone immediately and had a scoring chance right off face off in overtime. The Griffins turn around and go the other way. Two men get too deep, and then it's an odd man rush down the other end, and boom, that's how they lose. Who's who started? Who was the three on three? Rafferty, Bergeron, and Casper. The oddest mix of lines I've seen all season so far. I don't think any of those three players have played with each other the entire season. Like I don't think so. That's maybe seeing each other in passing. Like, <laughs> did they know that each not other a, were on the same team? <laughs> it's not a portion of a power play line. No. Because Rafferty's not on the power play. I, I, I don't really understand what the coaches thought on that one. Like, really questionable. I don't know who's responsible on that end, but we'll say all three of them. We won't point the blame in one direction. But what I will point the blame in one direction on here 
Well, you know what? We'll save that after talking about tonight's game. Um, players that I thought played really well for the Griffins instead of just sounding like a negative Nancy over here. Uh, Bergen also obviously played an incredible game. One goal, one assist, plus two, six shots on net. Boy, was fire in the puck at the net left and right. Carter Mazer played really well. Five shots on goal in the game. He didn't have anything on the score sheet to show for it. Uh, Albert Johansson absolutely outplayed Simon Edmondson defensively in this game. I just want to point that out there. The kid deserves the kudos for this. He played outstanding hockey in this game. Uh, Edmondson was probably one of the Griffins' worst defensemen in this game, if I'm being honest. It was weird. He looked a little lost. I don't know what was going on. I don't know if Texas was getting in his head, but he just he wasn't his Simon Edmondson self in this one. What I was happy to see is the continued success on the blue line of Antituamisto and William Volinder. They continue to play really, really well off of each other. That made me happy. Tuamisto is just playing some really good hockey right now. Uh, and it was mentioned in the coaches' show before tonight's game. Dan Watson has definitely noticed Tuamisto. And uh, I'm not very. He's like 6'3. He's 6'3. He's got a wicked shot. Yeah. And he's definitely not afraid to shoot the puck. Um, outside of that, though, I mean, everyone else had an okay game. I, it should be noted, Taro Hirose did get two assists. He was a plus three. Um, yeah, man. I, on the other end of the spectrum, there, I mean, there's there's some guys that played bad. I'm I'm just not gonna. I can't jump on the dog pile in this one. We can jump on the dog pile in the second game. But this is this was. The puck wouldn't go the Griffins' way as it continues to not do this season. Uh, the calls would not go the Griffins' way. The Griffins, as Bob said in the pregame for tonight's game, the Griffins were very upset by a lot of questionable calls by this officiating crew. We ended up being the same officiating crew for tonight's game. But they just I, – I don't think they know what tripping is. I don't – I know they called it on Carter Mazur and Karlstrom for the Stars once in this – each once in this game. but. Berger breaks into the zone and goes around the wall towards going behind the net. Gets completely taken down, fights the guy off, and maintains possession of the puck somehow. But he was absolutely livid. And there was multiple other times in the game, too, where these, these refs just didn't know what they were doing. And it was very apparent in tonight's game. This story in, in Tuesday's game is going to be the same storyline in Wednesday's game. Is Remy Poirier, the goaltender for the Texas Stars, just absolutely stole the show. I mean... Even with the Stars scoring three goals on us, the Griffins should have probably won this game 6-3. to three. Remy just played out of his mind, and he did it again tonight, too. I, I just don't understand. He hasn't been good all season, really, for the Stars, as it was mentioned on the broadcast. And as you said, he's just he's just so good this, against this team. I don't know why. There's several players in this Stars team who just play so well against the Griffins. Yeah, they... It's not like... like... I wasn't able to watch yesterday's game, but I was able to watch tonight's and Poirier played again tonight. And it's not like we were making them look good. I mean, there were there were a lot of chances that we had that just no puck luck, you know? There was that three on one. Shine couldn't convert like to jump. I mean, I'm jumping into today's game, but like there, there were a lot of, of those opportunities where did you see that yesterday too? Or yeah, it's the same thing. The puck will not bounce in favor of the Griffins at this point. I do not understand what curse has been put on this team. Just something just doesn't add up. I don't get it. I mean, like I said, the storyline was Remy Poirier, and then 
Maverick Bork as well. That's the storylines for the Stars in this game. Bork scores all goals. He doesn't do that. The Stars score none. Like yeah. it's Stankoven is good too. He's le- I think he's leading the league in goals. Stankoven and Bork are leading the league in scoring together. Yeah. So I mean, and, I mean, I mean they're good. It should be mentioned as well, you know, that the Texas Stars are still the top team in the division. They're one of the top teams in the league. They have one of the best power plays in the league. They have an okay penalty kill. Uh, overall, they're just a very well-built team. And Bob pointed it out in the broadcast is the Dallas Stars have yet to call up a Texas Stars player this season. They have been together as a unit for all games so far this year. And it shows. It really shows. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because there was a big story before this game. There was. So it speaking of staying together. <laughs> yeah, well. Austin no, Zarnick. No one seems <laughs> together on this team right now. Yeah, Austin Zarnick didn't even make it to Texas. They sent him down, uh, I think it was Monday, maybe? I don't remember. They probably just told him to. it's a paper mover. <laughs> don't get on a plane. Well, so Alex Lyon's still down. For Detroit. Husto goes down Monday night. Costin goes down Monday night. Just a recipe for disaster at this point. So Zarnik didn't even make it to the Griffins. He got called back up. And then the Griffins admin gave us all a heart attack on Twitter when they said Michael Hutchinson was released from his contract that he just signed, but then just to turn around and signed a two-way one-year deal with the Red Wings so they could call him up. So now at this point... The Red Wings locker room is the 2013 Maple Leafs with Reimer and Hutchinson. And uh, <laughs> the Griffins goalie room is the last year's Toledo walleye of John Lentheman and Sebastian Gosa. <laughs> things are things are getting weird here. So Zarnik was back up. Lentheman obviously didn't play in this game. He didn't play in either game. He's just, just got called up. They're going to give Kosa the ride back-to-back. But Detroit's uh, got some injury problems right now. Detroit's got a lot of problems in general right now. Things are not going well. Uh, I blame Patrick Kane. They've he's won been one the best player on the team. I know, but he's won. They've only won one game with him. I think he's got like six points in three games or something like that right now. Yeah, he's like a minus seven. Before tonight's no. game, he was like a minus. He was like a minus eight. He's a minus eight. I looked at this nice. yesterday. So I maybe don't know take, how many. Maybe put Debrinket back with Larkin and Raymond and let Kane figure it out on his own. Yeah. Um, Either way. But yeah, that all happened before this game even happened with the Griffins. Uh, Shout out to the Griffins admin who had to make a million and one posts about roster transactions that day. They kept us well informed. So there was already pure chaos going into this game. But like going into this game, we knew the Griffins were going to have a challenge. And I, I thought they rose up to the challenge really well. And it's just unfortunate that they dropped the one in overtime. I was happy to see him get a point out of it. You know, before we get into tonight's into tonight's game, I said, you know, hey, five points out of these four games would be ideal, and we were right on track if we would win tonight. So we'll transition to tonight. Unfortunately, I know we have to. Griffins dropped this game six to two. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, let's not talk about it. It was yeah, it wasn't really as bad as what the score line showed. I mean No. I mean, even so, if you look at the shots on net, like it's still pretty close. But yeah, I never felt like the game was really out of control until the third period. So highlight yeah. storyline pieces for this game. 
Griffins lose this one six to two, but like Nick says, the the stats don't really match. Sebastian Costa gets the back to back start, stops thirty two of thirty seven shots. Yes, the Texas Stars had eight or thirty eight shots on goal. Grand Rapids had thirty seven. Remy Poirier stopped thirty five of thirty seven as he also got back to back starts. Griffin's power play goes zero for three. The penalty kill failed twice, and Texas Stars convert on two for four on their power play. Ouch. So, goals for this one for the Griffins. Nolan Stevens gets an unassisted goal right at the beginning of the game. An ugly turnover by the Stars. He capitalizes. Good for the kid. Gets a goal. If he would have missed that one, I wouldn't have known what to say. I mean, I would have believed it based off our puck luck. <laughs> well, the, you know, I didn't. I thought I was because you know we got an early start in the game the night before. Bergy a minute and something in. So this one's two minutes, just over two minutes in. Bob joked, but took him so long to get started, you know. Right. And then Griffin's head to the penalty kill, and I thought I was living through yesterday again, where Maverick Bork uh, gets a goal in the power play, assisted by Logan Stankoven and Pouliot. I just I, I don't know what to say about these three. Like I really don't. They're so strong on the face-off, is what I noticed tonight. Like, a lot of their goals yep. were coming off of that. I don't know about yesterday. No, it wasn't as strong yesterday. The Griffins were better on the faceoff yesterday, but we'll get to that. That's a that's a, that's a point I want to make here. The other Griffins goal in this game, Carter Mazur uh, gets sneaks one pass for you. It, 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 he didn't even see it. He was out of position, and Carter just bumps it in there. Soderblom and Johansson got assists on that one. And outside of that, I'm not going to go through all the Stars goals. There's too many of them, but just know that Stankoven had two assists tonight. So did Pouliot. And, uh, yeah, that's the game. Storylines out of this one for me, um, we hinted at already that Poirier played out of his mind. There was just some saves tonight. I just didn't understand how he was making them, uh, especially that three-on-one that you brought up. That was just – I just don't understand. But also at the same time, since we clipped it for Twitter, I've watched it back a couple times, and it was – we shot it right at his pads. Like, yes, he got back over and made the stop, and – the way that any goal was scored on him that wasn't just something that we could just tap in like a quick rebound was high stick side. So why we decided to shoot low pad side, I, I really don't know. Really don't know. Um, I, you know, going into this game, I, I wondered what was going to happen defensively as uh, Emil Vero stepped in tonight and, um, Misto got bumped up to play with Simon Edmondson. As we mentioned, his play has been very good, and he got rewarded with that, getting bumped to the first pairing tonight with Simon. Uh, I, I thought outplayed Simon. It's just another off night for Edmondson. I don't really know what was going on, but Tuomisto played well. I like seeing that. That's really good to see. There's a clip on our Twitter page that I kind of explained why we like this kid so much, where he gets the puck in his stick and just fires it at the net. It gets blocked. The guy felt it. It hurt. He absolutely fired that puck. Guy goes down a little bit. Tuo gets the puck back on his stick, just moves over slightly again, and rips it again. Like the kid just loves to shoot the puck. So good to see. And that's really one of the highlights of the game for me at that point, because there's not much else that's a highlight. Like the Griffins couldn't win a dang face off to save their lives tonight. Oh. Like, I mean, Coast Costa played well. Yeah. I, after what, they were up four to two when we 
pulled the goalie. Yeah, so they're up four to two at that point. I'd probably fault him for one of the four. And then the Stars get the empty netter, and Kosa just looks defeated. And then Bob says the line, let's just hope this doesn't get out of hand as Kosa goes back into the net. And the Stars win the face-off off that, walk right in and shoot one right past Kosa. It was super soft. You could just tell the kid looked defeated at that point. Like that was it was bad. Bob cursed him by saying, "Hopefully this doesn't get out of hand." <laughs> like, but yeah, the faceoff. Like every time I looked up and we were losing a faceoff, I don't, I don't want to say it. Marco Casper was in the faceoff circle. Oh, I don't know if I saw him because I was clipping as, as you were. Yeah, I don't know if I saw him win one tonight. Like I know he's won. I know he won some tonight. Like I know he didn't go completely winless in the faceoff that. But especially ones that were in our zone, like the two that stars got goals right off the faceoff, like those were both Marco Casper on the ice for that faceoff. I, I hate to say that, but it happened. Yeah, he was on the ice for two two of the goals. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Am- that and happened. Ammo was on the ice for quite a bit too. Yeah. Unfortunately, what do you, what do you think of Berggren? So I see, like I was clipping goals, I was doing some other things too at the same time. Um, but Bergie, four minute roughing, ten minute misconduct. I missed this because I was clipping. When the heck um, did that even happen? It's it was in the third, so he got kicked. He got kicked out. Fat. So that happened right after the empty net. There was a little scrum that happened between him. And uh, Garushnikov, Bob mentioned it. I didn't yeah. know. They didn't ever explain the penalties. So he got four minutes for roughing and a 10-minute misconduct. And Garushnikov got four minutes for roughing as well. That's how the Griffins ended up on the power play there for the little bit at the end of the game. So, and then, you know, shout out to Sebastian Kosa. It takes a two-minute dripping penalty <laughs> at the end of the game. Which shouldn't even have been called. The play was so offsides that I could see it on the broadcast with that crap quality that the Texas camera is. My God. Even, you know, Bob called it out too. They're offside by a mile. They walk in and Kosa just trips a guy. Like, I, I think he got to the point where he just didn't give a living crap. He just, yep. But Bergie, Bergie was playing feisty. The whole team was getting frustrated. Like, I could. You could feel it just watching them. Like there was the frustration was starting to boil that they couldn't solve Poirier. The puck wasn't bouncing their way. And the officiating tonight was just hot garbage. Not just referees, linesmen too. Like I really don't even know how to explain it. But something I think I think this goes for both Peregrine and Edmondson. I was texting with a buddy during the game. And uh in his words, you know, I like their cod confidence, you know. Edmonton and Bergie both play with a little bit of a swagger. Their confidence. They know like they're gonna make that step at some point permanently, right? But they need to stop thinking they're too good for the AHL, or yeah. else they're gonna be stuck here for too long. You know, uh a player that comes to mind is an Anthony Mantha. Yeah. Like, I mean, and you saw like the lat yesterday I saw a highlight, or I shouldn't say a highlight, I should say a low light. Edmonton turning it over. Edmondson was sloppy yesterday. And then yeah, Edmondson turnover cost us a game. Yeah. Yeah. And then he turned it over right in front of Kosa. It lands right on a stars by your stick. And boom. Well, Kosa was already down. That point my buddy makes is 100% accurate. Like 
These yeah. guys, they're, they're good. We know they're good. Like, you can't understate the fact that Berggren is flying right now. He's playing so well. Oh, yeah. But stop getting too cute with stuff. Like, play the game the way you're supposed to play it. And don't get lazy either. Don't be cocky. Don't be lazy. You're only going to hurt the team in the long run in that. And, I mean, there's so many times where Berggren gets the puck on his stick, and sometimes he makes these incredible passes, like, you know, in Tuesday's game, he had a, that the the Volander goal was assisted by Berggren, and it was a beautiful pass. But then there's other times too; he gets into the zone and he just he pauses, plays with it a second, and rips it instead of going to the wide open guy who could also just one time around. Yep, I noticed this at the beginning of the season. I'm like, he has a lethal shot, but a lot of times I feel like there's a pass that's there for him to take, like for a guy that's wide open. And you know, it, it drives me okay. nuts. Yeah, get these guys some confidence. Give them some open net shots. Maybe it'll go in nice right. post. <laughs> Bob hit a point tonight that he was like, "I don't understand the sh- like the amount of shots that get blocked by the other teams when the Griffins play. Is that they're being not patient enough, waiting for their opportunity? I think it might be the exact opposite, where we're too patient and hold onto the puck for too long." Letting people read what's going to happen next. You know, Berggren and Edmondson are both really good at holding out of the puck for too long sometimes. And, yeah, you know, not just them, a lot of players on the team. I think, I think we, we hold on to it too long and we miss that window. There was some points you didn't get to watch last. Just give right, it give it to 2 0. He'll just rip it. There was a couple points on the power play last night where. Just these little one-touch passes back and forth, getting through everyone. They had the stars completely disoriented. And that's the movement that we need to see. When you get them on their toes like that, sorry, on their heels like that, like magic's going to happen. And that's where I was like, man, these these little one-touches, this is getting me excited. Like the chemistry is really coming together. And then, you know, just as tonight, you know, the Griffins started really well in the first. And last night they started really well in the first. And then they got sloppy. The turnovers that we talked about all season showed up again. Like it's uh, it's it's ugly right now. I don't I don't understand it. Like I hope the Griffins come back from Christmas break with an answer at this point. Like I know they need to go relax and enjoy time with their family, and I hope they do. I mean, they got to be back on a bus on the twenty sixth. Bob said to go to Rockford, so they've got five full days. Really four. Some of them are going all the way home to see family, and as they should. Hopefully, when they come back from that, they're ready to go. That's, I, I can't keep watching games like this, though. Like this is getting hard. It's getting real hard to trust everything that's going on. This, I would say, this one was a tough one. I still, I'm still on the team. I'm still with it. I still see the progress. I still see things moving. You said yesterday a bunch of one touch passes. That's the stuff that I love to see. Like, I love to see the cross-ice passes. I love to see the the one-touch pass. I love to see people just skating around and moving around. Like, those are my three favorite things for hockey. Like, puck possession, one-touch, moving around. Like, reminds me, and we might have some viewer or list viewers, listeners that are too young for this, but, like, the Pistons back in the 90s, like, uh, Rip Hamilton, just running around like crazy, and people were, like, Chauncey was fighting him open, open, open. Like, we just need more movement. And I think that helps 
disorienting disorient the other team. It opens up space. It gets people going. And like to see the one touch passes is I haven't seen that much this year. So for them to like add that into a wrinkle of the game, I like. Tonight I saw a lot of like back skating where they would start going towards the net. And then as soon as they hit the like the uh the goal line, they would turn around and they would still have it, but they're skating backwards and they're looking for a pass back, which I hadn't noticed that before previously in other games. So I don't know if this is another wrinkle that they're throwing in, but I liked it. It was in the first period and it it was working, you know. because um, typically when you're going in at that goal line, you're going around the boards, you're going behind the net. And with that, they kind of like swapped it up a little bit. So I, I like that. I mean, the goal, the shots were close, 37, 38. The, the power play needs a ton of work, a ton of work. I mean. Well, before we go too much on the power play, we'll save that for the after the ad break. That's a topic uh, for that. Fair enough. But, no, I agree with you there. That is that's a topic we need to talk about. But just final thoughts on these two games against the Texas Stars from you before we hit the ad break. I mean, based off Friday, I was hoping we were going to start figuring this team out. They played well. Last night, heartbreaker. Tonight, just completely let emotions take over this game. This this was a emotional game. Not, an, not playing with emotion. Playing emotional. So yep. I think that's what bit them in the butt. Uh, but like you said earlier, we need a six-day break. We need to regroup. <laughs> we need to... Uh... And I don't fault them for a lot of this. Like, the roster has been so... Like, Sarnik's been pulled every week. Bergie's been pulled every week. Like, they, it's hard for them to get chemistry when your two best players are getting moved up and down so much. So... Yeah. Um... Uh... I don't know. I, I, Texas is good. So Texas is really good. Like it was, it was a good measuring stick. Everything we're saying, you got to remember that Texas is one of the best teams in the league right now. Uh, they're the top team in this division. They are a team stacked with offensive power, good defense, and solid goaltending. Apparently, so again, like Nick said, this is a good measuring stick for the team to see us win a game, to see us push this team to overtime. Those were those were positives. Like I feel like you know, there's some teams in this division that we're going to be playing soon. That if we play like that, we're absolutely running away with games. So we can't we can't say that everything's you know the sky is falling. It, and it's not. Like again, like I said, it's getting hard to watch because like it's not hard to watch these boys play. Like some of these players are so incredibly talented. And they do incredible things when they're on the ice. And again, like another podcast where we could say the team's two points out of third place. Like, it's just the, it's just hard. And when I say it's hard to watch, it's because you want to see the boys do good and they're doing everything right to do good. The luck just is not there right now. And, you know, yep. hockey is a lot about skill, but there's some puck luck that's got to come in there too. And it's got to eventually fall to Griffin's side, you know. Hopefully Santa brings some puck luck for the team this year. I mean, if we... We're gonna have two games that were un or four games that were unlucky puck luck. At least it's to Texas. It's not to like Chicago, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which, Except I mean, they're catching they us in the division. So yeah, Chicago's on a tear right now since uh, something happened to their coach. You know, after he got suspended, they're in their last ten. They're four five and four five zero oh, and one. 
The last wish. 10 for the Griffins were 4-4, four, 2-0. Four, I wish we could go streaking. That's all. <laughs> On that note, let's hit the ad break, and uh, Nick's going to go outside and do some stuff. <laughs> Just Will Ferrell, old school. We're going to the gym! What's he say? All right, send it over to Death Kings, quickly. <laughs> Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. It expires 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help bail for problem gaming. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus age raised by jurisdiction, Warren, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDK ng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms responsibly gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 23. All rights reserved. Okay, now that Nick's done streaking in the front yard, um, now that that's over and his neighbors are scarred for life, you they've brought been it up scarred and I said... For life. <laughs> <laughs> Since I moved in, they've been scarred for life. Trust me. That is, that is fair. Um, you brought it up uh, before the ad break, you said power play. We we've got to talk. We got to talk. Up. We got to talk PP. We can't talk about the PP after you go streaking, buddy. <laughs> well, not how it works. A lot of people were. So this PP <laughs> needs to get on a streak because it is bad. When's the last time we had a power play goal? It's been like two games, three games. Oh, it's probably you know what? You're gonna make me. Uh... Yeah, research you're boy. Me, you're going to make me stop <laughs> myself here and just wonder if it happened uh, when we played them at home on Friday and got that win. Like I, With Carter Mazer, power play goal. I think that's what it was. I think, I that's the think last it one. was. You know what, though? I do want to Yes, speak. we went one for three. That Carter played really well the last two games. I think he is getting us. He's starting to find his there. groove. Yeah, and Lesby played really well tonight, too. So, in four games against the Texas Stars, oh God, Griffins this is had terrible. 11 power play opportunities and converted on one. Just one. It was Carter Mazur's goal on Friday. So, we've talked about it before, saying that like, this was a struggle. Now, we've been showering the penalty kill with you know all sorts of glory. It was rough these past two games. Like It wasn't great. I mean, Dallas, Texas does have one of the most lethal power plays in the American Hockey League. It's uh, currently at 25% after tonight. So that's, I think, league leading now at this point. Yeah. Grand Rapids Griffins are at 18.2% on the power play. 18.2%. That puts us 19th in the league. Now, that might sound like it's not the end of the world, but it has been just absolutely bad lately. And Steph Julian, the assistant coach, is the guy who runs the power play. Brian Lashoff runs the penalty kill. What I'm wondering and what I've noticed, because I've pointed it out before, is that when we try to enter the zone, no matter where we are on the ice, we try to pass it to the top corners of the point, whether it's the right side or the left side. 
We're trying to pass it up to the blue line in that corner. Even if we're right next to the guy that's at the point, we'll shuffle it over to him. We've seen the same. We, like we've talked, we we can predict the zone entry. I, I can predict it every time at this point. It's not a guessing game for me. And if it's not a guessing game for just an average fan who just kind of overanalyzes this team at this point for this podcast, like I can't imagine teams that sit here and watch tape and study these teams. How easy it is for them to go. Yep, that's where they're going. Like there's a one minute clip on our Twitter page from tonight's game where I said, just you know, this is the Griffins' power play right now. They couldn't make it past the center red line, dude. Oh. Like, I've seen glimmers of really good. Like, we talked about the one-touch passing that was happening, you know, last night. But then it was always just one pass too many or one move too many. But the zone entry itself is a whole battle. The passing and the actual possession of the puck is a battle. Like, I don't really understand what's going on. The top power play line has been atrocious. The scoring chances on the power play have come from the secondary line, which you know features Lombardi, uh, Mazer, tonight Rafferty running running point on that for a brief period of time. Usually Johansson running point on that for on defense. Like past two nights, that line's looked really good, but the top power play line, which is really full of you know our of our top scorers. It's atrocious. I really don't understand what's going on. How do you fix it? What's your suggestion? Cry? We've been doing um, that change it up. Do something different. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same result or expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Or the Griffin's power play. It's right there next to it in the dictionary. I've seen it. Hundred percent. Like I'm we we have to bring it up because one, it's very noticeable of how poor the power play is. Two, every time we do this, it gets fixed and they start clicking. So as I cut that blooper out, uh, we you know we talked about our veteran players. You know, Taro has been on the ice for you know some of our negative plays. I'm not seeing much. I haven't seen much from him as of late, man. He's been quiet and on the power play, especially. You know, he's a guy that was able to convert. He has three power play goals this season. And lately, just nothing, you know? I'm thinking the guys on that top power play line, Simon Edmondson, he's got two power play goals this season, but nothing much lately. Berggren, you know, for the time he's been here, he only has one power play goal this season. Les Perance is usually near that top power play line, and he's got he's got two. But no, no outstanding numbers here. Like, just the power play is bad. Change it up. Do something different. Like, if they come back from the Christmas break and the first power play zone entry I see is a shuffle pass to the left or right side of the point, I'm going to scream. Like, get pucks I deep, just, boys. Get pucks deep. Get them on net. <laughs> My God. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, Screw it. Let 2-0 freaking piggyback the power play, and he's just going to fire it. That's literally what I was gonna say. Dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what I was gonna say. Like, why are we so afraid to shoot the dang puck? Now, like that sounds crazy to say after games where you know we had twenty four shots on goal and thirty and thirty five or thirty seven, whatever. What I would love to be able to see because you know AHL stats are so freaking limited. Can't even find faceoffs. I'd love to see how many shots are being generated on the power play. Like, that would that would be a stat I want to see. Double checking myself to make sure it's not there. No, it's not there. Of course it's not. Yeah. 18% on the power play ain't gonna cut it. In this division, that's not gonna cut it. 
Because this division, you get the opportunity. The opportunities are starting to come. Yeah. I mean, but Grand Rapids is up to before. 88 power play opportunities at this point. Only 93 times shorthanded. It's almost even, finally. Like, the penalty kill seems to course correct and fix things quickly. Like, I guarantee they're going to come back from the break and you're going to see changes there to correct the errors that happen against this high-powered Texas power play. So, at least Lashoff's taking these and, you know, learning from them and doing something to correct it. But, I don't know, man. It's got to change. Yeah. You can't let the Chicago Wolves have, have a better power play than us. They're second in the league for power play, just so you know. Wow. That's that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought with the addition of 2-0 coming back from injury, getting his legs under him at Toledo, like we were going to see a change in the power play because – like all he does is shoot from the point. Like that's give it to Duo. Set a screen up. I mean, they did that to Kosa tonight. They screened him, moved the puck, shot the puck. Goal. Like I don't know. It just something's gotta change. Maybe Steph Julian's not the, you know, I don't know. I it's so early in the season too, so I'm not suggesting anything, but like something needs to be it's still like that part's still not clicking. I'm happy overall with everything else, really. Like, I know things will take time, but this power play has just been, it's been a bugaboo from the beginning of the season. One, we weren't getting enough opportunities. Two, now we are. We're still not capitalizing on them. And three, one of the things that Dan Watson said in the beginning of the season, like, we're working on special teams. Like, that's one of my main things. Culture, road, where we want to be a road team, right? <laughs> yeah. Some, something of the sorts. And then special teams. And we have not been a road team. Our One, two penalty, games in the road all season. Our penalty kill is fantastic. Great job, Lash off. And our power play is not. So, I mean, it's... I know things take time. I'm not, I'm not sounding the alarms. But just to revisit what he had said and, like, where we're at, because we're almost coming up to quarter point of the season, right? Yeah. What is this game... This was game 25. This is the game that I keep saying. I'm going to sound the alarm. But I mean, we won't. I, mean, I was told that's all I could yet. So I'm going to wait till after New Year. So here's the thing is like we just said, you know, the power of the penalty kill is good too. We're now the 23rd ranked penalty kill in the league. It's not been, it was not good. These games that absolutely crushed us. It went from 14th in the league to 23rd. These games sucked for us. So hopefully that can rebound quickly. I mean, penalty kill is a weird stat in this league to where the separation between 23rd in the league and 11th is 3%. Like, it can change rapidly. So, you know, you said you weren't going to say it yet because it's early. But if we come back and there's no change in the structure of the power play, then I will question if Steph Julian's the right guy for the job. 100%. If there's zero change, I will question it. Because what he's in charge of power play, what else? Offense? Yeah. Which is lacking. Big time. So. Do you think it's a language barrier? I don't know, dude. If I had the answers, I would have fixed them already and I'd have a better job than I have my actual life right now. So. Me too, buddy. Me too. Yeah, exactly. All right. 
enough bragging on Steph Julian for a minute, but like I said, no changes. We're coming for you, buddy. We're gonna it'll be a whole episode about the power play. So we have some questions for tonight as we try to wrap this up because it's eleven forty two and Brandon still gets to edit this tonight. So we asked for some viewer or listener questions tonight. We had one question that just came in before this, and I think that's going to end up being a whole episode at some point. Ethan Hansen asked us, can you do a recap of where all the top prospects are and how they're doing this year? Ethan, we would love to answer that right now. But Nick wants to go to bed, and so do I. Next episode, we will answer that, we promise. Wednesday's a long day. Wednesday's a long day for me. (laughs) Wednesday Uh, was a long day. Normally, I don't work Wednesdays. Today, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I wanted Saturday off, buddy. Get that four-day weekend, you know. <laughs> um, I kind of just wanted to like link them into like Red Wings prospects Twitter page because <laughs> they actually do that and they're actually really good about it. They do not- do a really good job on the Red Wings prospects Twitter page, but we will give our thoughts and opinions since we watch them play every game almost. Well, unless just one of us that works. Yeah. I, what? When does the World Junior start? Soon. I'm ready for that. I'm very excited. Be Trent Augustine, tear it up. And Sandy Palka and Nick Danielson. And it's gonna be so yeah. The games are in Sweden, so they're gonna be weird times. I'm here for it. Yep. All right, but then so yes. Oh jeez. Yes, Ethan, we will answer that, and I'll respond to your comment telling you we will answer that in in the next episode. We'll do a little bit better of a breakdown and give our opinions. At least we're the Griffin, the Red Wings prospects that play on the Griffins, we'll we'll give that recap when at some point we'll give a full prospect recap or like our top five where we where we think who ranks in the top five, not just Griffins players. So I don't know. I kind of I feel like I got yelled at last time about that ranking prospects over each other. So might don't be a listen topic. To people on Twitter. Don't listen to the people on Twitter. <laughs> be a topic that I just stay away from. <laughs> um, Lucas Mountain. Asked, which defenseman should be Edvinson's successor when he inevitably gets called up? Personally, I think Volander should be with Johansson on the top pairing when the time comes. Yep. <laughs> so I have a question. So how did Edvinson and Tuo play together tonight? Because I felt at one point in time they it was sloppy. Like they were both moving up and nobody was back, and it was a turnover. And they capitalized. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they I didn't don't play like great. This. They didn't match well together at all. Yeah. Um, so here's I, the thing first game together. First game ever together. Tuo's yeah. only played five games this season now. We're on a back to back against one of the best teams in the division and in the league. And we decided to change up our defense. I, really don't understand the thought process from if you're gonna if you're gonna put another defenseman that's not new power or Didier with Simon Edmondson tonight, it's Albert Johansson tonight. Like yeah. I really don't understand the the coaching process that went through on that choice. So I can't say too much about it. But who I think should be the successor is it, it is Volander. I mean he's played very well this season. He's really solid. He doesn't make many mistakes. And I think given the opportunity, he's gonna take advantage of it. I mean, he's just kind of like Tuo. He's not afraid to shoot the puck either. So I think he's a good choice to be paired with Johansson when that inevitably happens. I am going to sort of agree with you, but I think the the correct answer here is uh, a kid 
they see a Dean Pelka. I think that is who you see as the successor. Hey, he's not even going to play here. He will probably play here at least one season. And he is going to tear this league up. Clip it, save it, put it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's Sandeep Belgrad. There's the weeks don't have enough room for him up there. So he's gonna play at least one season here. Yeah. Get used to the ice. He'll be like Mo. So here's think, the other here's the other. Oh, go ahead. But I think he'll be better than Mo. I go on record. Depends on who's coaching him. Mo Sider was better under Jeff Blaschel. But anyways, um we could still get him back. You know, I, I say though, like Volander, but then I think through that process, they they're both left-handed defensemen. They both play lefty. So I guess that really doesn't work if you want to I mean it can and it, teams do it. But if you want to keep a lefty and a right D, it, it it's really early to say it, but it's gotta be two of Easto, dude. Yeah. It's gotta be. If it's not Sandine Pelka, it's Tuomisto and Albert Johansson. Yeah, if you're not putting lefty and lefty together. so I And those two styles match really well, I feel. Like, Albert's a stay-at-home defenseman. You've got two who's a shooter offensive style. <laughs> I think those would still work really well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the move there. Um, and then, you know, our boy Randy threw a question at us. Nice. The long question. So oh, I... all I got to say is what do the Griffins need to do to get those goals? The iron hasn't been kind to us at all. Can't buy a goal. You report terrible officiating. AHL needs some kind of checks and balances. Couldn't have said it better myself, Randy. I mean, like I said, I hope everyone's Christmas list on the team had puck luck that Santa will bring them. That's the only thing I can think of. New sticks. It, New, maybe new they, sticks, yeah. Maybe they should use those mini sticks that they all signed for the Christmas giveaway. Could you imagine Simon Edmondson with a mini stick on actual ice? He'd hurt his back. Great content there, though. Oh man, I just it luck's got to fall on their side. I mean, we've talked about they need to do a sacrifice of some sort to break the curse. I don't know. Like, we'll figure it out. Uh, the officiating, yeah, it's absolutely terrible this year. You know. I thought our homie Grady Hamilton was one of the worst officials we'd watched in this Texas squad that did both games back-to-back. It was the same officials for both games. Uh, They gave him a run for his money. I mean, to not be able to identify when the puck pops out of the zone for an offsides twice, that leads to a scoring chance and then, you know, also leads to a a tripping penalty. Then also Berge gets tripped uh, last night, no call. Berge takes a stick to the face tonight, and Texas turns around with the breakaway opportunity that Coso came up huge with and stopped. Like, officials shouldn't be writing the story for the Griffins as much as they are this year. And that's what's the scary part is like, we're not only playing against ourselves mentally, we're playing against these officials. And, and up until tonight, the Griffins have done a really good job staying calm and playing their game and not letting it get the best of them. But when this game got away from tonight, the emotions definitely showed through. And as they should, I mean, I know the players were voicing their opinions on the bench tonight. It was mentioned multiple times in the broadcast. Dom Shine was given the ref an earful. Simon Edvinson was giving him an absolute tearing. Um, even after, you know, Kosa stopped the puck, even after a call, the, Simon had already complained by the bench about it. Kosa makes a stop off the faceoff, and Simon just starts ripping the ref again. I, I don't know. Man. There was two points tonight too, where 
the Texas guy. Stars iced the puck. And all of a sudden, the refs came together afterwards, and then it was a face-off at center ice because they said the icing didn't happen. Like, that can't be happening at this level of hockey. That's not how that works. Yeah. It's so, so. odd. It's so odd. I I so typically my setup is I'll have the game on TV and on the iPad at the same time, but I wasn't able to do that tonight. So I was clipping off the iPad and watching off the iPad at the same time. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. That's so right. like I missed a few stuff because I like I missed a few of the after calls and things like that because of that was going on and I had the wings on another TV too. So I was like bouncing back between both games. Well, don't so. you worry, because if there's one thing I'm good at when we're watching the Griffins, I never miss the opportunity to shred the refs on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I never I miss do. an opportunity. I figured if you want to follow us for bit. content, <laughs> yeah, follow us for content. That's good content. And, oh. you know, I I normally wait for a cue in the game to start complaining about it, and it's when Bob joins in. When Bob <laughs> yeah. joins in, I'm in. As soon as he says something, I'm like, all right, let's support the guy. Let's go for it here. So, yeah, officiating. Is trash. Hopefully, the refs all get some glasses for Christmas. That'd be great. So, outside of that, no other questions tonight for us. I posted that with ten minutes left to go in the game. We didn't give people much notice to ask. Kind of forgot about it with the game going on. But appreciate nope. the questions that did come through. And like we said, Ethan, we promise we will get to your question in a later episode. So, with that, buddy, final thoughts because this is the last episode until after Christmas. We're not going to do. Uh, anything with that we're gonna, we're gonna take a well-deserved break ourselves if we would have won tonight we might have done a little episode for christmas to release but i need a break Maybe yeah, you do too the vibes are so bad right now like just the chaos like i'm gonna address two things the first is like coast the the whole hutchinson thing like hutch has been in the nhl he's played for columbus he's played for what Toronto. do you mean the hutchinson thing explain it for those that don't live on twitter so Hodge got called up yesterday. The Detroit Red Wings have signed him to a, uh, a one-year deal, two-way, two-way deal. And every, literally, I'm at home. We went to grab lunch, and we came back, and we saw the news. Uh, well, you had, you had sent it to you had sent it to me, and I'm looking at it, and I'm on Twitter, and Coast is trending, and I'm like, why? Why is Coast trending? And people are like. What's going on? Why isn't he up? Why is he playing so bad? What is his numbers? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. I looked at Jake Ott- Ottinger's numbers today. Okay. Yeah. For the, for the Dallas Stars, who is a, he's one of the top 10 goalies who's not Russian. Okay. Because <laughs> these other Russian goalies go on a whole different path. I don't understand. I think they're they, just, they come- take that Russian gas, man. They are, that's a whole yeah. different breed. I think they come out of the womb with a glove in their hand to like save. Um, <laughs> like I, I don't know what's going on with the these Russian play, the goalies, but they take a fully different path. But Jake Ottinger was in the AHL for four years, four to five years after being drafted, and then he was in Dallas. Four to five years. Kosa is in his second year from being drafted. Jesper Wallstadt, who was ahead of or. Who was ranked ahead of Kosa is still in the AHL. He got lit up for six tonight, too. People need to relax. I'm like, he is 21 years old. Three weeks ago, he turned or something like that. Like, yeah, you like this is not part of the Iser plan. 
give him a minute. Like, there's no reason to bring him up with how bad our defense is playing. The other thing that's driving me nuts is everyone's like, oh, we need to bring Simon up. And I'm like, okay, name two players, name somebody that you want him to replace. And they're like, Petrie, Sherratt. And I'm like, those are your two best defensive pairings in the NHL right now. So pick again. And they're like, Justin Hole. I'm like, he leads the team defense and plus eight. Name somebody else. They're like, Mata. I go, Mata's played 23 games. He scored tonight. 23 games, and he's at less than 20 uh, minutes on time of ice. I think he's like 15 to 17. We're not pulling Simon Edmondson up to play 15 to 17 minutes on the Red Wings. Does not need to be done. So I'm looking at Ghost is who Simon is going to be replacing. Ghost is on the, he's done at this end of this year, his contracts yep. with the Wings. So either they trade him at the deadline and bring Simon up and burn his ELC at that point, or they wait till next year. And that's who there's that because they play certain the same style. So like everybody banging the drum to call to call people up. And I'm like, okay, where do you see them filling in? And they're like the wildest takes that I've seen. And I'm like, okay, today I just had to I, I deleted Twitter off my phone. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. People are driving me nuts. I'm like, you obviously don't watch the team. You don't understand <laughs> what the plan is here, or you haven't followed this team long enough. <laughs> like, I have to rest my case there. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And whatever, people can agree, disagree, but like, I have the stats to pull it up. I will fight. I'm tired of fighting for these players and like, what's going on with the wings? <laughs> yeah, no, like, I'm so glad you said it because like, it's so 100% true. Like, one, understand how player development works. Good God, it takes time, especially on the goalie side of things. Kosa, we probably won't even see in an NHL uniform until he's 24. Like, calm down. But also at the same time, because of his numbers in his first AHL season, both AHL season, I should say, with a team that's playing the game they're playing in front of him right now, there's no one out there that can look at us and go, Kosa's a bust. Shut up. <laughs> You're so uneducated when it comes to the game of hockey. Like, I know half of them are bots, half of them are Sens fans, half of them are fans of the other team. Like, dude, you, keep you your thoughts your, to your... Yeah, you take your 50 followers and go somewhere else. Like, My I'm God. Like, I'm, like, clicking like, on these people, and I'm like, they have, like, 50 followers. They don't tweet much. And you wonder why. Because <laughs> they post stupid takes like that. You know, our... our the guy who we've had in the podcast before, our buddy Andrew Rinaldi, he some I think it was hockey watchers or whatever, a massive hockey Twitter page. As soon as Hutchinson was called up, they're like, What's with Koso? Why won't they do this? And he immediately posted, like, you know, it was a gif of someone punching a bed, and they're like, you know, NHL fans when they see a 21-year-old goalie who doesn't have a 1.23 goals against average, like their NHL 24 creative player does. Like, my God, dude. Yeah, Kosa is fine. He's <laughs> learning. If this team misses the playoffs this year, all these kids are learning. I don't care anymore. Like, let the kids, let them be developed. Let them cook. We're not overcooking prospects. Not a single prospect no. on this team right now is being overcooked. Bergie needs to learn how to control his attitude and play the game in, in full and defense. Simon Edvinson needs to stop playing, you know, 45 minutes of amazing hockey and 10 minutes of mistakes. Like, it, it we've that got. Time. That comment threw me out because I'm like, he's not playing that much. He's only playing like... Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean, though. It's like, okay, it, 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 what's he playing? 23 minutes a night, probably 24. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing 20 <laughs> minutes of amazing hockey and four minutes of just, what are you doing, Simon? Right. Like, 
my God, for anyone who's stuck around listening for this long, congrats. This is the best rant we've probably had in the podcast history. But at the same time, people, shut up. <laughs> my sorry. God. I'm like, you obviously don't watch. You don't watch the game. You don't listen to us. And you don't follow the podcast. So I'm like. That's my favorite. I'm like, you. Ha- I have to just, like. I'm just going to start replying back with like straight up sarcasm gifts like tonight. <laughs> like that, Dude, that was my favorite. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what that guy was looking for. You know, we post clips of what's happening in the game because not everyone's going to go out and buy an AHL TV subscription. Right. We post clips about what happens with this team, not just prospects. We post about everybody when there's good and bad, you know. But we posted, or I posted one tonight. Kosa makes that huge breakaway save in all caps. Kosa with a huge save in the first comment. Thanks, Captain Obvious. No shit. That's what I posted on there. You want me to just post the video with no description? <laughs> My God. I have to remember too, like out of these posts, like that's why I hate doing highlights. I'd rather do goals. Like I noticed because I'm like, one, they're easier. I can function, I can multitask while it happens. Three, like I feel like my highlights just get burned. And even though there's like twenty five thousand the wrong clip. Yeah, or (laughs) or there's twenty five thousand views on it and like forty likes. I'm like, there's still three people that hate this. And I'm just like, I take it personal. Like it's that's just me as a person though. Like yeah, that's one thing we gotta both do better. But at the same time, like we're guys that cover this team we're not a Red Wings podcast. We'll talk Red Wings. We follow that team. It's our favorite NHL team by far. But we cover the Grand Rapids Griffins and Toledo Walleye. Those are the two teams we cover. So we're going to exclusively post highlights about these two teams. And that thing that we thought was a big deal might not look like a big deal to you. But if you've watched the past 25 games of this team, that improvement right there is a huge deal. So, Especially when people are asking, how's Costa doing? Costa needs to be up. And then we're like, no. And that's why I, I told you, I was like, we should post all these Costa highlights tomorrow. And then I'm like, you know what? No, the, do not feed the narrative because that's not what's needed. No, because you know what? As soon as we posted a few big saves about it, the first like six posts that I saw tonight were, why don't we call Kosa up? And I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, you can't, you can't please everybody. That's what we've learned yeah. about being on the internet. But at the same time, like Kosa's not work. ready. Nobody's ready. Nobody in the team is ready. The team's not playing good. Give it time. It'll be yeah. fine. My God. End of rant. Maybe, I don't rant. know. End of rant. But uh, I do want to... This rant do... will carry over onto <laughs> Patreon.com. <laughs> um, I do want to let some people in on some um, behind-the-scenes thing that uh, I think I'm the only one that has knowledge of this. Um, so, Cousin Griffey Bobblehead Night, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> you got one through, was it through the season ticket member, or was it yes, through... Yes, there was one at the door when I came in at that point. Mine was through the season ticket. So you game was at seven. You texted me at like four fifty-five. It was like, hey, I can't find somebody else to go. Swap my ticket. I'm gonna transfer them back to you and then upgrade, like just move my seat. And I was like, okay. So I do that and I email my ticket rep, Amanda, and I go, Hey, Amanda, unfortunately, I can't go to the game tonight. Are you able to? Because it's a it was a guaranteed giveaway for season ticket holders. So I emailed her and I said, hey, can you set one aside for me? I can't go tonight. Uh, something came up. Please just set one aside. And I was like throwing a Hail Mary because I was like, at this point, she's already like doing pregame stuff. She's not going to check her phone, whatever. And I'm not, I wasn't looking for the bobblehead for myself. I was looking to trade it. So like Jesus. Selfish, my selfish side. So 
didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. Uh, I think Monday she emailed me. She said, uh, Nick, I, unfortunately, we were not able to get you one. Uh, we actually lost a shipment of bobbleheads. So not even everybody, we didn't even have the 2,500 that were. That explains to. so much. Yeah. So they lost the shipment. They couldn't find the boxes. And so they only gave out what they had. And I don't know how many boxes or how many bobbleheads were still left. But I would I would assume that at the end of the year when they did the mystery bag giveaway, which was kind of cool, I bet you a lot of people get Cousin Griffey bobbleheads. Because she emailed me today and said, hey, congratulations. We did find a uh, the shipment. We found the boxes. I have set one that's hard for you. What game will you be at next to pick it up? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to New Year's, but I'll go to, I was like, Brandon will be at Wednesday and I'll be at the Friday. Most likely I'll be at the Friday game. It's like the 12th and uh, I can pick it up then. So I haven't heard back, but that was the inside scoop about those bobbleheads because everybody was looking for them. Everybody wanted them and they lost. <laughs> like I don't know how many boxes, but they lost some. I thought, I thought it was like some employees had set some aside for themselves. I don't know. But um, yeah. That makes so much sense. Awesome. Um, very excited. Very excited. Don't well, buy anything any, else. Don't, don't buy any jerseys from the team store from the LCA. Did you see the result of that? Yes. And I did you see what did you see the explanation behind it? Like just real quick on the side. Did you but, see Fanatic's explanation behind it? No. So whoever posted those pictures, whatever, Fanatics, of course, got tagged left and right in it. Fanatics responded saying that the LCA staff assembled the jerseys improperly and they have been reached out to them directly and asked them to remove them from the shelves. Fanatics put the blame 100% on the team store. So it is. So Brian Fisher on Lockdown Red Wings actually defended a lot of these today on Twitter and stated that so the jersey is from Fanatics, but once the team gets those jerseys, they send them out to a third party to have them stitched and numbered and nameplated. So whoever stitched them, it, it's that it was their fault at that. So yes, oh, Fanatics. Yeah. yeah. So and I don't know where uh, Brian Fisher gets this information, but I saw Delaney Delaney Ryan Reimer post it. Somebody else posted it. There was a couple people that were at the last game that saw it and posted. And I saw Fisher, like, multiple posts today from him. So I didn't see the Fanatics reply. But, yeah, I mean, those stories align. So, Oh, wow. Yes. Interesting. Because I was going to say, the authentic ones shouldn't be too far off from what we're used to buying, honestly. Like, the true authentic ones. Because they're going to be coming from the same factory as the Adidas ones do, just with Fanatics branding. So, but like your breakaway Fanatics jerseys, those are still going to be the Fanatics quality that is not good. But I mean, if you just don't want to deal with it at all, go to Vintage Detroit and order yeah. um, as many blank Adidas jerseys as you possibly can afford. Yeah. I have 12 on the way. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I, I knew that'd be your reaction. Also, update for you, Jersey Wise, sir, and any other Jersey aficionados out there. Uh, the AHL store finally updated and they have all the sizes of the black griffin jersey in stock available for customization again what about white ones they don't have white ones in stock either which we don't at the team store in grand Rapids either so something's up with the white jerseys so i'm considering doing a white one this year and having a team sign white one 
I don't think that we're going to be able to buy a white one. They just haven't been available at all. I asked when I went to the zone to pick up those tickets, and they said they didn't know anything about them. So, but you can definitely get the customized black ones. I had a Cosa one in my cart for a minute, and I talked myself out of it because it's a bad time of year to go spending extra money like that. So, fair enough. But, anyways, anything else we want to add? Off that rant. No, I'm good. I, that rant felt good. I feel better. Like, I'm more relaxed. Uh, all right so stressful today i don't know i just yeah i I was like all right i'm done i this is why i deleted facebook because i would like click on a link and i would go through the comments and then i would just get irritated and i'm like all right i'm done i haven't had facebook in two years but i don't read comments most of the times when i post stuff unless it's a positive comment then i'll respond yeah or if someone's asking a genuine question yeah i think i'm just gonna start replying back with sarcasm gifts but (laughs) <laughs> for those what for what you did tonight that was perfect <laughs> but nothing else to add last episode before christmas so we hope everyone has a fantastic and safe holiday with their friends family and whoever you're spending it with enjoy it relax hopefully you get some time off of work and if you work retail i've been there i'm we sorry we pray for yep, you always do and appreciate you so with that We'll wrap up this episode. We're coming up to episode 50, man. It's crazy. Wow. We should do something. Oh. <gasps> we could like raffle off some tickets or something. We probably should. Keep an eye out for that. And we have another announcement coming up soon, too. So Brandon's pregnant. I am definitely not. No one around me or near me is. Thank <laughs> God. Um, outside of that. Well, this gets weirder. Thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network for being an awesome host. Thank you to DraftKings for being great sponsors. Appreciate our Patreon supporters, Michael and Randy. If you want to join them, head on over to Patreon, search the show, and show your love for us there. Uh, you'll see more unhinged rants like that one. Trust me, that's where they all go because I don't have to find a censor button when we edit those. Spoiler yeah. alert, they're not edited. <laughs> but with that, everybody... Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, and we will talk to you guys in about a week. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.